tweeted a picture of a uh, Russian cake from the Russian grocery store. Oh, this showed to me. I want to see Russian cake. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, looking at Russian cake right now. Oh, yeah. Isn't like cake a thing? I've been noticing a lot of cake in the Jew Twitter sphere. Yeah. Recently. Well, cake is a hot meme right now. And cake is also slang for like ass. It is. Wow. Is that like a one of those cakes made out of crepes no it it's looks just, like it. it's just like a layer cake of some variety i see it's, it's just, just what russian jews eat well it's what russians eat you and know even though russian, russian jews, jews or russian jews don't well russian jews eat them too but you know yeah. it's Why like they russian too you know all okay here's a secret listeners all russian food is just shitty versions of french food that, that is this <laughs> that is the thing you should all know wow i love the multicultural education i'm getting yeah the there you today. go i said it you guys can complain, whatever. I don't care. Oh my gosh, you're in such a mood. Oh, should we turn off that fan? I don't know. You yeah. two, you're the fucking audio engineer. Yeah, turn off here. the fan. Oh my god, hold this mic. Okay. How are you, Michael? Oh, we're going into it. How am I? You know, bratty. I'm a little bit of a bratty bottom today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just the micro stuff happening in my life mixing with the macro stuff happening you know this right. feel like this micro is a being like you're laid off your job yeah and gotta move apartments and right it's still a little unclear where i'm gonna land right we're still trying to figure that out and then macro macro pandemic. you know i guess we can tell the listeners th- the plan is to live with you yes my goal is trying to live with me but my landlord is trying to raise the rent in the middle of a pandemic so we're like in a fight with my landlord right now martin if you listen to this podcast don't call in we wouldn't love you to have on the show so that's been a really shitty part of both of our lives on the plus side michael i have some good news to tell you we got we got a new patron today Uh uh-huh we're up to 64 patrons if you can believe it oh my god we got a new patron today and that patron commented and was like the jokes that you made in this episode are what convinced me to join your patreon instead of just listening on soundcloud Oh, that's so cute. I know. I know you would like that. What were the jokes that we made? It was the jokes. So it was from our very first episode where I made a joke about wearing a wheelchair. Oh, you made <laughs> I was like, I was wearing a wheelchair. <laughs> and we made a joke about the podcast being viral slash bacterial. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Those jokes really right. reeled in the patron. They kind of like the dark humor plus the nerd humor. I guess so, yeah. Little Venn diagram overlap. Whatever it is that drew you in, patrons, we're glad you're here. Yeah, we are happy that you're here. And, you know, I'm excited to get all Talmudic for the week. Oh, yeah. So I did something really annoying this week, slash brilliant. Oh, okay. Which is, um, I've decided we should make our first episode about boring Talmud. Boring Talmud. Yeah, so usually every episode I try to find something that's like so cool about like a gay rabbi or like, you know, some like fabulous shit that's in the Talmud, which it is full of, but most of the Talmud like isn't fabulous <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's like shitty it's just like boring it's just well mundane. maybe maybe it's not even boring oh the challenge right is to see if we can make a decent podcast episode about a piece of talmud that isn't necessarily immediately appealing okay okay this is a fun challenge because i personally really like studying this kind of talmud it turns out i've actually kind of gotten tired of the greatest hits and now i've moved on to being like Give me a hot, steamy page of contract law and set me loose. Whoa, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I, can, I know, I that can, came out a little sexier than it I did. It was very, you know, <laughs> listeners, you know, just... Listeners, I am this sexy in real life. Yeah, can confirm. 
can confirm. I'm going to re-dye my hair soon. I'm pretty excited about that. What color? Uh, blue. Just going to refresh the blue. I'm going to bleach my roots and re-blue. Blue myself. Nice, nice. I'm going to get a diffuser soon for my curls. Okay. Uh, well, maybe. A little bit gay. Diffuser? I know. And I hardly know her. <laughs> In this economy. Oh, my God. And Have I'm you also- heard about this? Do you know about this? I... <laughs> I, I, I'm getting clips for my hair as well. Wow. Someone said I look like Lindsay Buckingham. I don't know. Uh, that sounds like a person who I wouldn't know who she yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's a he, apparently. Oh, see? It's a he. I'm going <laughs> to that out. Cut yeah. <laughs> that one right out. Yeah, am I allowed to say it's a he? The it, I think that's... <laughs> The full chrome of that statement okay, that doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. We have good chemistry today because I'm like caffeinated and I've already been talking on the phone for 45 minutes. Yeah, so. I drank some of your Soylent powder. You drank the powder just as directly. I just fucking freebased your powder. <laughs> Great. It was amazing. Great. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I've been kind of sick lately. That's really sucked. My nerves acted up a little recently, and I've had kind of a spate of migraines, so that's really sucked. It's reminded me that my body has a lot of stuff going on that's not ideal. Made me very thankful that I'm so well-supported. Listeners, Hava's body has a lot of stuff going on. Sexy stuff and not-so-sexy stuff. Yeah, mixed bag. (laughs) My mixed bag of bones. I guess we should talk about Talmud, right? Uh, yeah, well, we can, we can transit. Yeah, we can just, you know. What would that? <laughs> you just, like, did the shocker in the I, air. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know when you're, like, 11 and you're trying to, like, smooch someone for the first time and you're, like. Whoa, I did not smooch someone at 11. Okay, I didn't either. I was trying to be way cooler. You know when you're 18 and you're trying to smooch <laughs> someone for the first time oh and my you just gosh. don't know how to transition? Yeah, like, from, from like, like, existing to smooching. To like, oh, you like Monty Python, too? Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's still the case, that's, I would say. That's what we're trying to do right now. Right. Except instead of kissing, we're trying to talk about the Talmud. Yeah. Today we're looking at Masechet Gitin. So this is the volume of Talmud that's all about divorce documents, which I initially started studying with my dear Chavuta Binya Koetz, who hopefully will, I think she's going to be on the show in August again. I initially started studying this Masechet with her because I am continuing to go through the very long and arduous process of getting divorced. Bezrat Hashem. I will be divorced soon. So you are currently not divorced. Currently not divorced, yes, legally speaking. Separated, I guess. Are you Jewishly divorced? No. Well, I think in Judaism, civil marriage constitutes marriage in most cases, but my spouse has not given me a get. However, my spouse is non-binary, so I don't know if they have to give me a get. I mean, this is getting into the whole world of halacha right? Like, how would Jewish law view the gender of my spouse? And how would it view their obligation to give me a get? Because a get is a document, a certificate of divorce that a man gives to a woman. In Jewish law, that's how it is. It's very binary. It's very heteronormative. And we just have to wrestle with that. So I'm not sure, actually, if I need a get to be Jewishly divorced. I consider myself divorced And the state just hasn't caught up with that yet. Yeah. It's weird that even after all of this trauma with my marriage and divorce, I still really believe in marriage conceptually, like spiritually. I don't believe in the state at all. So like, that's not a question in all of this. But like in the spiritual institution of marriage, I'm still about it. I'm all for the state. 
uh, <laughs> in theory. Not the current one. Just you know. Oh my gosh. That's right. Michael's a, a little bit more on the red side of red and black. I'm also pro-marriage. I think marriage is a cool thing. Yeah. Especially in a time when we're all atomized. It's, it's kind of cool that something exists where it's actually a microcosm of what I actually want, which is like a beautiful socialist society where we commit to each other. Right. The ideal marriage is a miniature socialist terrarium. Yes. It's a socialist terrarium. <laughs> Tiny little ants. I am the very model of a modern socialist terrarium. <laughs> That would be a great musical. Yeah, I would watch it. After that brief digression, we're looking at Masachet Gitin today, which is dealing with all of the different issues that come up with regards to a get, a Jewish document of divorce. So I'm going to read from the very first page, which is technically called page two, which there are a lot of opinions on why Talmud Masechtot start on page two. But just know that we're starting from the first page of Masechet Gitin. So that's Daf Bet. Amud Aleph, side A. The very first words of Masechet Gitin. Very first words. Here we go. Hamevi get mi medinat hayam tsarich sheyomer bifnei nichtav ubifnei nichtam. The one who brings a get from a country overseas, and that's a figurative translation, must say it was written in my presence and it was signed in my presence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the fragment that we're dealing with today. And this is also conveniently um, something that we're studying online in Shalmaala, the digital yeshiva that I run with Binya right now. So this is very up in my world. Okay. Okay. Wait, question. Yes. When you bring a get, who brings a get? What does bring oh, a get Oh, that's a great mean? question. That's a great question. So I believe that what is being meant here is, let's say you, Michael, are sending a get to me. The scenario they're talking about here is you are living somewhere else and you send a messenger, a courier, a shliach in Hebrew. You send an agent of some kind with the get. Okay. So the agent has to say it mm-hmm. was signed by me. Right. The agent has to attest that it was written in their presence and signed in their presence. Written and signed in their presence. Yeah. Yes. Literally before their face. With their face. This is so strange. If someone's like, hey, we're going to talk about marriage law and Judaism. The first thing right off the bat is some strange edge case. I know. It's really interesting that this is what they choose to start the whole Masechet with. Right. Like, why would they choose this case of someone bringing a get from, quote, overseas, which I have to say the definition of overseas here is really interesting. The phrase being used, mi medinat hayam, literally just means from country, the sea, but figuratively means from anywhere outside the land of Israel. Although Rashi comes and tells us that Babylon is is excluded from this. I, I, yeah, that makes sense. Because they're all hanging out in Babylon at the time that they're... Right, and we're reading from the Babylonian Talmud. So it is the opinion of Rashi that this phrase, Medinat Hayam, means anywhere outside of Israel and also outside of Bavel. So this seems like a burden on the woman, right? Why do you say so? Well, I imagine this would come up if a woman wants to present her get to society at large. Right. To say she's free and clear. She's free and clear. Like, come and get me, boys. You're right. Right. It's like, she can't just do that. She has to also bring Duder along, the messenger, and be like, and he can attest to the fact that I am free and clear because I saw the signing. 
Well, do you think he has to attest to it any old time or just he has to attest to it when he hands it over? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is this, I know. Is this I in know. front of the committee of people deciding whether or not you're married or not? Or is right, it right? Right. And let me just introduce another issue here, which is that one thing that we might be trying to take care of here is the possibility that the husband or ex-husband could show up at any time and be like, NVMJK, I didn't actually mean to divorce you. We're still married. That sounds like the sort of thing that like a Jew would be scared <laughs> of like happening. So I feel like that like that just fits the model of yeah. like like and the worst could happen. The worst thing that could happen is that we're still married. The worst thing that could happen is you have sex. Right. But you're still married. While it's not ideal in terms of Jewish law to be having sex with a person you're not married to. It is hot though. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rabbis don't tell us whether it's hot or not it's up to us to figure that out all right all right well it's not ideal the real issue is what if i marry someone new after you divorced me and i have babies with them that are legitimate but then you come along and say jk i never really divorced you and now my babies are illegitimate which is the much bigger concern because in jewish law the status of being a momser which is a baby that's born from a forbidden relationship has huge implication and gets passed on i think for 10 generations so you really don't want to have moms or babies okay yeah this is interesting you don't want to have moms or babies Mm -hmm. you don't even want to have the risk because some schmuck from overseas is gonna come and say that you're still married because we have this momser situation Mm-hmm. That causes this trickle down issue where you need to like make sure as few momsers as possible are born. Right. You're trying to m- minimize. So that kind of brings up the question of what's the deal with the momser thing? Like, <laughs> well, who, ca- who cares, guys? Right. Like, why didn't the rabbis just abolish the halachic category of momser? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good question. One answer that often comes up for me is the rabbis. <sighs> They're sort of between a, they're, they exist in a tension. They want to innovate halachically. They want to bring about new and more just Jewish laws that are in accordance with the moral attitudes of their day. And at the same time, they want to conserve the source material that they're working with. So I'm guessing that whatever rabbis were responsible for the material that we're working with right now in the Talmud felt that abolishing mamzerut, the status of mamzerness, that was a little bit too radical. Too radical, okay. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's not the right word. But basically, they felt like something about it needed to be conserved. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I would like to understand what they thought about it needed to be conserved. Because there are certainly other things that we find in the Torah that the rabbis are willing to do away with. I think we should abolish momserness. I'm pro-momser abolition. But I want to understand the mindset of the rabbi who was like, we actually have to keep this for some reason. Like, what were they trying to cover? Yeah, it's, it's kind of unknowable, maybe. Well, it is my quest to know. It is your quest. So I hope it's not completely unknowable. All right. Yeah, yeah. Or to at least come up with like a plausible theory for mm-hmm. why they would have wanted to keep it. So re- returning back to the get, well, give me some more what, what you took from this. So something that I think is interesting is that this actually puts a huge obligation on the shaliach, on the messenger. Essential service worker. Yes, the essential service worker. They're not only just delivering a slip of paper now. Their honor 
is in some way tied up with this, right? Because now they are attesting to the quality and veracity of this git. So now it's not only just ex-husband and ex-wife who are tied up in the situation. Now the messenger actually has, in some way, his personal status is on the line when he says, yes, I attest that this get is real. Oh, I I think, what if this is a make-work program for... <laughs> this is the Talmudic New Deal. Well, no, maybe it's like a mob, you know, like it's like, oh, the rabbis have an in with the messengers, and the messengers are trying to cut a <laughs> oh, deal. Oh, so the rabbis are just trying to make sure we have to use as many shaliachs as possible. Yes, yes, To yes. make sure that the shaliach industry stays thriving, because that's where they launder their shekels. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by this possibility. <laughs> I mean, you don't know what sort of backroom deals we're making. You know? No, I, so I most certainly don't. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that, like, now if the get turns out to be false or bad or invalid in some way, it's not just the wife that has problems. Now everyone thinks that Shaliach is a liar. Well, what would the rabbis do if the Shaliach ended up being a liar and there's kids, there's potential moms or kids? Right. Would the rabbis be like, eh? It was the Shaliach's fault. Yeah, would they, like, scapegoat the Shaliach? So there's a possibility that maybe the get wasn't kosher, but the kids could still be kosher. Right, right. There's some weird, like, murky, metaphysical... Yes. Well, I think we should leave that for another episode. Because the answer is out there. Okay. (laughs) And I don't want to give away the answer, because I think there's definitely at least one more episode about the answer. But suffice to say... Yeah, I think that's a really good question. What if there's a no-fault situation? What if somehow the husband sincerely intended the get, the shaliach sincerely delivered the get, Mm -hmm. the wife sincerely received it and had new babies, and yet somehow it still all went south? We'll explore that on our next boring Talmud episode. Okay, excellent, excellent. I hope we've succeeded in making an interesting episode about boring contract law. I think we did. Yeah. I think we did great. Listeners, let us know. If we didn't do great, let us know. But say nice things instead. But Michael. Oh, yeah. It's my Jew journey. Yeah. You're not free to desist. Well, my Jew journey is, you know, I'm experiencing something my ancestors have experienced, which is a Gentile makes a decision and my entire life is uprooted. (laughs) So that's part of my Jewish journey right now. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. So you're laid off. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I did watch a Jewish program on the, uh, you know, the internet. There's a cooking show called Bong Appetit. Mm -hmm. And they have a Shabbat episode where they like, yeah, they have two What did they make? Oh my God. They made challah, like laced with weed and like matzo ball soup. And it's like they had this famous Jewish cookbook writing person Mm -hmm. who's like an expert and well-known and they had these like weed experts help her out yeah you know wow make make a pairing you know so it was it was fun to watch right nice and now you must make a weed infused shabbat dinner well here's the thing we have a friend with a lot of can of butter actually i see and you have the hala. It's true. It's rising on the counter right now. And what are we doing? What aren't we doing is the question. Yeah, right. Right. Wow. Well, we need to step our game up. We need to step our weed game up. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair critique. Also, next week, the t-shirt, my like biblical style, mm-hmm. hip cool t-shirt is going to be worn wow, to the great. episode. And we're going to take a picture and we're going to post it on the Patreon. Oh, totally. You came to my workshop 
on how to that find Hebrew true. roots. That is true. So now it's time for you to prepare a passage of Talmud about the temple incense. Oh, yeah. Fuck. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Have you finished Rational Rabbis yet? Uh, I only ask you because I want to get my books back. Oh, yeah. Michael. Yeah. I'll get, don't worry. You'll get your book back. You get your well, book actually, back. I do want you to bring that olive bet book. I'm, I'm actually having a bit of an existential crisis about Rational Rabbis. Why? Because you're an irrational rabbi? <laughs> no, because I'm still trying to grapple with all the different epistemologies and... Yeah, this is why I said on a previous episode that I am an epistemological, uh, I'm toxic epistemological waste. You are, you are. I don't grapple. And, and I love that about you, but it's just, <laughs> I, I might be driving myself a little crazy with like, yeah. the different epistemologies. You're just not sure... I'm just not sure what is anymore. What like <laughs> I don't know what I believe. That's a gr- that's a great place to operate from. Doubt is sacred, you know. Yeah, it's it's sacred. You're right. But much better to operate from a place of not knowing what is, rather than to operate from a place of thinking you know what is. That's true. No one likes that, bro. All right, let's close it up. Okay, listeners, dear sweet baby angel listeners, mm-hmm. lying in the manger. You are all little cherubs. You are all little cherubs. (laughs) (laughs) If you liked what you heard today, or if you didn't like what you heard today, or if you just want to get something off your chest, if you want to tell us how cute we are, or if you want to disagree with our takes on Jewish contract law, call the Talmud hotline at 401-484-1619. Leave us a voicemail, and we will play it on the air. Don't you want to hear listener voicemails? Be the listener voicemail you wish to see in the world. And, you know, if we just want us to address your question, you're shy about your voice being on the air, just let us know in the message. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. maybe we'll just read it, you know. We'll just read it. We'll figure it out. We'll act out your voicemail. Even. Yeah, yeah. We'll do anything. We'll do anything for a listener we voicemail. We are giant podcast whores. It's yes. true. Thank you so much for listening. I love each and every one of our patrons and our non-patron listeners, but... Please join the Patreon. I would really appreciate your support. It would really help me bring more and more Talmud to more people. Is it uh, safe to say there's some potential stuff going down the patron pipeline, maybe? Yeah, we've been cooking up some ideas for patron-only content, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. gird your loins. And yeah, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and we love you. And I'll talk to you next week. Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov, lovers.